going to go right out the bat and talk about for the next few moments the anatomy of Satan, what he is comprised of. And there's a lot of things we can discuss, but I'm not going to spend too much time. But when we talk about the devil, when we talk about Satan, one, we ought to be careful that we don't make him the center of our attention where we talk about him in such great length and detail where it seems to be that he is the one on the throne. But we also, at the same time, the Bible says, ought not to be ignorant concerning his devices, how the adversaries works. And people have pondered what the appearance of the devil is. When I say devil, when I say Satan, perhaps there is a figment of your imagination that begins to come to the forefront of your mind. If you reach back into the time as a child laying there in bed in the dark of the night, you could probably more clearly see whatever that fearing image is and attribute it to something evil, wicked, or dark. In our imaginations, they can get the best of us. You talk about the devil, it is a common portrayal of him to see an image with horns. Perhaps a red figure with horns holding a pitchfork with a long tail with a spiked at the end. One that has a forked tongue. But whatever your imagination of the adversary is, the word of the Lord has declared that we ought to cast down those imaginations. And any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we are to take authority and bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. In Acts 19, verses 13 through 16, we see a scene in the church. We see a scene where there is great miracle signs and wonders that are occurring by the hands of the Apostle Paul and the disciples of the Lord. But in verse 13, there are people on the fringe observing the manifestation of the spirit world, and they want to participate in what they see, what they observe, and what they feel. And there were certain Jews, these exorcists, that took it upon themselves to call over these evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus is exalted, when Jesus is magnified, when truth is presented, there will always inevitably be opposition. The adversary can manifest himself and come against the people of God. I was just talking to a pastor last week that went through revival services. And, and after those revival services, he called me and reached out to me because there was some very severe circumstances manifesting in the church and I told him, I am not surprised of this demonic activity that is occurring in your church. I do not rejoice in the evil that is taking place, but it is not to my surprise because when you have revival and when you have a move of God, anything that can be shaken will be shaken. And anything that's been comfortable in the church that is not of God is exposed and begins to surface and so we see evil spirits in verse 13. And these men begin to call on the name of Jesus over these spirits. They say, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. In verse 14, there were seven of these individuals, these sons. And they had a, a, a famous father, a well-known father. In verse 15, this evil spirit spoke back to them and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you and the man was calling on the name of the Lord, but he had no relationship with the Lord. And it's very important that we recognize the church is not a game. This is not just some activity we do to feel good and to just kind of score brownie points. This is 
real. This is literal. This, the spirit world is more real than the physical world. In fact, if you want to take something that's maybe not so much spiritual, but it is invisible, you take the digital world. You take the, the wireless world. It's always been there, but somebody had to tap into it and discover it. And we see how much power and authority the wireless world has on this day and age. So it is in the spirit world, whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you believe in the miraculous or not, it is very much real. It is very much active. It is very much there. And so it's important that we get a part of the kingdom of God in relationship with Jesus Christ, because these spirits do manifest. And they talked back to these men and said, we know who Jesus is. We know who Paul is, but we don't know who you are. And the man that had the evil spirit, the evil spirit departed from the demon-possessed man and attached itself to those seven men. And the Bible says it prevailed against them. And they ran and they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This is serious. I am not trying to invoke fear. I am not trying to use fear tactics. But there needs to be an awareness of how real This is when we talk about the devil, when we talk about the adversary, when we talk about the accuser of the brethren, Lucifer, the fallen angel, the devil, that serpent. The Bible says he is powerful and he has the ability to prevail over humanity. But first Peter five, eight gives us another insight about him. It says we need to be as a church sober, vigilant, because we do have an adversary, the devil. He is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, it says this devil is the God of this world. And he has blinded the minds of them which believe not. The devil is powerful and he does have great influence. He does have great ability. He does have great authority. And we do need to recognize that we do need to realize that, that when we come up against the kingdom of darkness, we will fail in our mere flesh. Flesh alone is not going to win the battle for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And when we think of the devil, whatever figment of your imagination begins to surface, it could be a dragon that comes to mind. It could be a snake that comes to mind. It could be this lion figure that comes to mind, pouncing around, walking to intimidate. And if Bible says in Revelation 12, 15, at the close of the book, it says about the devil, he is a serpent casting out of his mouth water as a flood after the movement of God, the people of God, the woman that might cause her to be carried away of the flood. The devil is a formidable foe. He is a force to be reckoned with. But we go back to the beginning of beginnings in the book of Genesis to get some understanding about this enemy you and I have The devil, he is evil, he is wicked. And this may sound almost controversial or 
whatever, but he's not racist. He's not prejudiced. He's not biased. He treats all of us the same. Doesn't matter if you're white, if you're black, if you're native, if you're Hispanic, doesn't matter what you are. If you're man or woman, he shows no favoritism. He is against you and he wants to destroy you. His motive is to steal, to kill and to destroy. He is a liar and he is the father of it. In Genesis chapter three, we get this scene in the garden and we don't get all the full understanding of the enemy here. But later in the book, we read and find out that Satan was an archangel. He's one of the highest angels in heaven, but he got lifted up in pride and he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be above God and he got so full of pride and he wanted to have a war against the kingdom of God and be on the throne of God. And God cast him down from heaven. Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning. And so here we see Satan now in the garden of Eden, the beginning of time where there is man and woman in paradise, Adam and Eve. It says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Again, a formidable foe, a force to be reckoned with. And he says to her, Has God said you can eat of every tree in the garden? And she replies to the serpent, we can eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, we are not to eat of it. We're not even supposed to touch it lest we die. The snake replies to her, the devil, he says, you will not surely die God knows that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be open and you will be as gods. You will know the difference between good and evil. And the woman was looking at the tree. It was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. A tree to be desired to make one wise. So she took of the fruit thereof and she did eat. Then she gave it to her husband with her and he did eat as well. The eyes of them were both open. They knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together. They made themselves aprons. They heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, where are you? Adam replied, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. God replies, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you? I commanded you not to eat of. The man replies, the woman that you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that you have done? And she replies, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. The Lord says to the serpent, because you have done this, Because you have deceived them, because you have caused them to fall. And we see how powerful the enemy is. It's one thing to live in 2021 where we are surrounded by temptation on a nonstop basis. Everywhere you look, everywhere you go, it seems you cannot escape evil and wickedness. But it was not the case in the Garden of Eden. They were surrounded by paradise. Their circumference was perfection. It was in the center where there was something they were not to participate in. They were free to go as far away as they could from it, and they would live only in 
paradise. They would live only in perfection. And here we are, it seems we are the center of the world and everywhere we look, it's sin around and abounding in this world. It's a very different paradigm in which they are living. But even in perfection, there is a decision because a decision is what completes relationship, love. It is a choice. And so they had a choice that day as they stood in front of the middle of that garden and saw that tree. And it would appear that Satan had total dominion and power for he deceived them in perfection. He deceived them in paradise. He deceived them before there was ever sin within them or around them. They caved in. And now we see the curse of sin begin to take place. Thorns begin to appear on the vegetation. The heat of the day, the atmosphere changes and the impact and the effects of the sun begin to have a role upon humanity. All of a sudden, aging process begins and time begins and temptation begins now to unravel. It is a crazy situation. But the Bible lets us know while it would appear that sin is abounding and Satan has total victory The Lord speaks to that serpent and he says, serpent, you are cursed above all the cattle. You are cursed above every beast of the field in verse 14. And upon your belly will you go and the dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. It is understood or believed at this time that the devil, the serpent, he had four legs. He had appendages in which he could walk upon But in this moment, God removed those appendages. God removed the feet from with under the serpent. And he said, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between her seed and your seed. And it will bruise your head and it will bruise your heel. If you did not know this, this is the first prophecy in your Bible. When God begins to proclaim that the way it is, is not the way it's always going to be. It would appear that the devil has full reign and authority, but I'm taking his feet from under him and his feet that seem to be over you and above you and seem to be on your throat, choking you out. It's going to be one that comes someday and has victory over temptation. And the victor is going to bruise. He's got his foot is going to be bruised by that serpent for that serpent. The devil will cause the Messiah, Jesus to be crucified on that tree. But when it's all said and done, when he's off the cross and in the grave in three days, he will come out of that grave and the heel that was bruised by the serpent will crush the head of the serpent. I'm telling you, you might be finding yourself with that enemy wrapped his coils around you, but it is not over. There's still some more days to come and there is a victor whose name is Jesus, who has all power and authority. Authority over your situation. God took the devil's feet out from underneath him. The devil, the serpent at this moment does not have any feet. The devil can try to come at you and he can lie. That's all he can do is run his big fat mouth, but he does not have a leg to stand on. I guess one could say that the devil has no feet. He is 
defeated. He can run his mouth all he wants, but he cannot run and overtake the kingdom of God. I know we're learning something new today. The devil, he doesn't have any feet. It might be the lamest dad joke you ever did here, but I want you to know he is defeated. He can try to stand tall, but God took the feet out from underneath him. He's got no power. He's not got no authority. We can have victory over the adversary. Any day you want. I promise you right now in the Holy Ghost, there is victory to be had in this house today. You can look around at your neighbor, but I'm telling you for yourself, you can have victory today. It is yours to be had today. The devil is defeated. It makes me laugh and I'm glad about it because in Daniel 2.31, it says in your vision in the New Living Translation, he says, your majesty, the scene here is Daniel who is held captive. He is slave to the enemy and the king has a dream, but he cannot remember the dream. So he calls all the sorcerers, all the magicians, all the ones who seem to have power and authority in the land. But all of their power, all of the authority cannot bring the dream to the king. And so they're about to execute all the sorcerers, all the wizards, all these princes. And all of a sudden, Daniel's going to be one of them executed. But he is a child of God. And he says, wait, 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 don't just give me some time. Let me pray. Let me fast. Let me seek the face of God. God will make the dream known. And sure enough, as he begins to pray in unity with his brethren, all of a sudden the dream comes to Daniel and he requests the presence of the king and stands before King Nebuchadnezzar and gives him the dream. He says, in your vision, your majesty, you saw standing before you a huge, shining statue of a man. It was a frightening sight. The head of the statue was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron. Its feet were a combination of iron and baked clay. This is an amazing image. He says it is a frightening image. It is an intimidating image that he sees in the dream. But then it goes on to explain in verse 24, the king was watching the sight of this powerful image, this frightening image in a rock that was cut from a mountain, not by human hands. It struck the feet of that image, the iron and clay, and it smashed those feet. It smashed that whole image into bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then came the wind, and the wind blew all of those elements without a trace. It blew all of the gold. It blew all of the silver. It blew all of the bronze. It blew all of the iron away in such a fashion you could not find a trace of it. You cannot find the minerals of it like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that struck it, the rock that knocked the statue down, what happened to the rock? It became a great mountain and it covered the entire earth. That was a dream. And the king says, tell me what it means. So he tells him, majesty, you're that head of gold. You're the great king. You're in the God of heaven. He's the one that gave you your sovereignty, your power, your strength, your honor. He made you the ruler of the inhabited of the world. And he put even the wild animals and birds under your control. You're that head of gold, king. 
But after you, another kingdom's going to come. And when your kingdom comes to an end, another kingdom's going to rise, and that kingdom will be inferior to yours. It will rise and take your place. And after that kingdom falls, a third kingdom, represented by bronze, will rise to rule the world. Then following that kingdom, there will be a fourth one, as strong as iron. That kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires, just like iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes. The feet and the toes you saw were a combination of iron and baked clay, showing that this kingdom will be divided. Like iron mixed with clay, it will have some of the strength of iron. But while some parts of it will be as strong as iron, other parts will be as weak as clay. This mixture of iron and clay always shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage. But they will not hold together just as iron and clay do not mix. This is a prophecy from the days of Nebuchadnezzar to time we are in today. It is a succession of kingdom after kingdom after kingdom. And we can look and see how powerful the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar was. He says all kingdoms, you're the head, you're the top of it, you're the most powerful, you're the most magnificent. You have such an amazing authority. And we see this large figure there. But he says as time moves on it would appear to those that are alive today in 2021 that we are living in a time where the kingdom of darkness is so powerful, so vibrant, so full throttle, and we have nothing to do against it. It seems no matter how much we try, every law is overtaking the church. Everything that goes forth through the laws of the land seems to be anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-church, anti morality and it will look like churches closing it may look like the devil is winning but the bible says the interpretation to the vision is every successing kingdom is inferior it may look like he is powerful right now but the longer time goes on the more inferior the kingdom of darkness is it doesn't matter how much territory the devil thinks he has doesn't matter how many kings how many princes how many laws and legislation he can pass through the court of law every kingdom throughout time gets more and more inferior that may not excite you but it's doing everything it can right now it's what we see in the before us this this desire to have a one world government that's what daniel 243 is it says the iron in the clay they're trying to mix so they can have alliances unity against that which is purity and that which is holy and godly it's where we are right now but look at verse 44 during the reigns of those kings the god of heaven is going to set up a kingdom that will never Never be destroyed or conquered. And it will crush 
all these kingdoms into nothingness. It will stand forever. That is the meaning of the rock cut from the mountain, not by human hands. See, the Holy Spirit moved upon Mary as a virgin, and she was conceived of child of the Holy Ghost. It was a child not made by man. It was a rock hewn from the mountainside. This King of Kings, this Lord of Lords, he's the rock of all ages. Oh, if you can lift up your voice and begin to pray, God, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Take me to the rock that is above. Take me to the rock to be my cornerstone. Uh, It says that it is going to crush the pieces of that statue of iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold. The great God was showing the king what will happen in the future. The dream is true and its meaning is certain. Would you read that with me? The dream is true and its meaning is certain. Again, when we do that together, the dream is true and its meaning is certain. It's going to happen church. It's going to come to pass. The devil doesn't have a leg to stand on and whatever leg and feet he thinks he has, the rock is going to strike those feet and the enemy will be de- defeated. The enemy will buckle under the presence of the rock of all ages. I'm telling you church, we're on the winning side. You got nothing to fear. You got nothing to worry. Jesus Christ is the rock. The dream is true. Its meaning is certain. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says, I say to you, Peter, upon this rock, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. There can be all the alliances across the globe. They can do all that they can do to the best of their ability. But upon this rock, the rock that's going to strike those feet, it's certain. The, The dream is true. It's true. It's true. It's going to take place. And he says, I will build my church. He's going to build a church upon the kingdoms of earth that are going to be crushed by this rock. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Gates being a fortification of defense. See, the enemy doesn't have feet right now. He's defeated. He can't run and attack the church. It may look as if he can, but spiritually, he's got nothing on us. He can do legislation. He can do things in the physical and natural, but the church of the living God is one that's going against the kingdom of darkness. We advance to the enemy's gates, and we got the feet. We got ones made like hind feet from the presence of the Lord God Almighty in our praise and worship and we advance to the kingdom of darkness. There was a church in the book of Revelation that was built at the seat of Satan. This devil might think he has power and authority but the church can march towards the seat of Satan and build a church right there at the gates of hell. In Psalm 124 verses 1 through 8 if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side Come on, let the people of God say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against, yes, people come against us. Yes, people come against the church. But if it was not for God, it says in verse three, they would have swallowed us up. 
quick. That's all that devil's got, that serpent that's crawling across the dirt, dirt and dust on his belly. He's got just a mouth that's running and all he wants to do. We were just at Reptile Garden in, in Rapid City just this uh, yesterday or day before. I can't even think right now. But we were there and they were, we were watching the snake show and we're looking at all these reptiles. We're looking at all these snakes and they begin to explain how they are able to, to swallow you know, its prey whole and unlock its jaw. Yeah, the devil's nasty looking. He's disgusting looking. And all he wants to do is swallow us. He wants to consume the church. We read in the book of Revelation that he's opening his mouth so a flood can come out of it and sweep up the church. The Bible says in verse 4, then the waters. If it wasn't for God, the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. The proud waters would have gone over our soul. Look, if you haven't been swallowed up, it's because God is for you. And if God is for you, it does not matter what is against you. Yes, there is an onslaught of hell that comes our way. But for you to still be breathing and standing is evident that God is on our side. It says, blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. He didn't give us to the devil's mouth. He's trying to chew us out. Our soul is escaped like a bird out of the snare of fowlers. The snare is broken. Someone say the snare is broken. That's a drummer doesn't like to hear that, but we're not talking about that kind of snare here today. The trap, the enemy's device to try to trap you. It is broken. What was meant to capture you and to enslave you is broken. How does it get broken? Because that, that trap, that snare, Jesus Christ, he stood on that cross that was meant to kill him. It bruised his heel, but he crushed the head of that serpent. He crushed that trap that was meant to ensnare you. I'm telling you right now, there is victory in the house of God today. Am I talking to somebody in this host of people right now that you came here in the fight of your life? You came here in a battle, but you came here to hear a word from the Lord. There is victory in the house today. There's a win in this altar for you today. There's a breakthrough in the house of God today. And you can have it. The snare is broken. We are escaped because our help is in the name of the Lord. Someone say Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. Come on, someone say it with joy. Jesus. I'm just about done right now. First Corinthians 15 and 54. This corruptible, this humanity that we have. This is not the finality of this. This corruption, this body that's marred, tainted, and has limitations. If you're living for the Lord, there is a better end. And this corruptible will put on incorruption. It's talking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he calls out to the church and they get caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. It says your corrupted body will put on incorruption. This mortal body will put on immortality. And it will come to pass that prophecy, that promise that was declared. Remember the dream is true. It's meaning. 
is certain. The dream is true. Its meaning is certain. It says that it will come to pass just like it was written. Death is swallowed up in victory. The devil meant to swallow you up, but see, death is going to be swallowed in victory. I would love to watch God eat that bowl of cereal of the devil. You think you're tough, but all the devil is is Rice Krispies. Just snap, crackle, pop. You put him in milk, he looks tough, he sounds tough, but you give it time, he's soggy, he ain't nothing, and the devil is going to be swallowed up because Jesus is going to open his mouth. The Bible says when he opens his mouth, it's a sharp two-edged sword that comes out of his mouth. He'll be riding on a white stallion with a host of angels behind him. Ten thousands of ten thousands of ten thousands. Jesus is victorious. You are on the winning side. Do not be overcome by what is coming your way. Jesus is on the way. The helper's on the way. The savior's on the way. The redeemer's on the way. He's on that white stallion and that trumpet in that angel's mouth. He's about to blow that trumpet and we are going to be caught up to meet the... I wish somebody get excited about heaven. I wish somebody get excited about being redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Death swallowed up in victory. And so just like Pastor Jerry was talking about Elijah with that moxie he had, that swagger he had, as he could defy all the 450 plus prophets of Baal and begin to mock and insult him. That's what we can do right now in verse 55. Death, where's your sting? Grave, where I, I'll never forget this. This is when I was lost. I was backslid and I, I was trying to be a punk and a thug. I was wearing camel pants and i'm not saying if you were a camel mike that you're a thug or a punk but i had these white winter camel pants and i dressed weird ways all the time back in the 90s and i, I had my 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 clothes i always looking for a fight and i remember i went to a youth group with my brother and he was the holy one he was the godly one he was a tough you know christian serving the lord while i was just trying to have enjoy the pleasures of earth and i remember after service we went to burger king to get something to eat and there was a group of guys that were running their mouth. I think they were seniors, something like that, in high school. And my brother was there. I know the guy's name. I won't say it just in case he's listening and he, all that good stuff. I don't want to get beat up. I'm a Christian now, right? But I remember he, 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 he started throwing food at us. And I'm ready to scrap. I, lo- I love fighting. I know I look like I'm a four foot nothing, you know, hobbit. But I, I love to scrap. I could bite some ankles. I could, I, I was aggressive. I loved it. And so I'm ready to go. And my brother stands up to him. He says, hey, stop doing that. And that boy, he stood up on the, the, the booth uh, there at Burger King. He stared at my brother. And he popped my brother right across the face. And I'm ready. It's on like Genghis Khan. I'm ready to go. And my brother goes, man, I thought you were tougher than that. Man, you... Oh, you can't, you can't hurt someone's uh, ego enough, man. They just stare at me like, man, I thought you were tougher than that. And my brother walked out. 
And I was like, that was the best uppercut back I've ever seen in my life. And that's what we can do as Christians right now. I know the heat is real. I know the heat is on. I know you're being attacked. But why don't you quote back to the devil, verse 55. Death, where is your sting? Devil, I thought you were tougher than that. Oh, grave, where is your victory? Is that your best shot? Is that all you got, Satan? Is I'm not trying to pick a fight with the devil. But I'm tired of sitting by standing. You know, just letting the devil have his way in my life. I want him to know I'm a child of God and I'm not afraid of you. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. So verse 57, thanks be to God. That gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my brethren, my sister in the house here today, let's be steadfast. Let's be unmovable. Let's abound in the work of the Lord and get the revelation that your labor is not in vain. What we're doing right now is not in vain. It's invested. There is a sure reward that the dream is true and its meaning is certain. The anatomy of Satan is he ain't got no feet. He's been defeated. The church is victorious and we're going to march triumphant. Someone say amen. Uh, Acts 10 38. Jesus of Nazareth, it says, with the Holy Ghost and with power, went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. However much the devil's oppressing you right now, Jesus can heal all. Jesus can heal all oppressed of the devil. All means all. Whatever devil's against you right now, if you're fighting the fight of your life against drugs, against alcohol, against nicotine, against sexual temptations, against lying, against depression, whatever is attacking you right now, Jesus goes about healing all oppressed. Has has anyone been oppressed lately? Has anyone going through some stuff lately? Right now, if you could lift your hands up and say, God, I believe you're my healer right now. Heal me of this oppression right now. The devil is defeated and Jesus, you have victory. I will not live a defeated life. The devil is defeated. The enemy's defeated. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to the Lord. 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 Come on, you're not fighting alone right now the battle belongs to the lord jesus is the captain of your salvation lift up your hands lift up your head and look under the hills from whence comes your help back to first peter 5 8 be sober be vigilant your adversary the devil yes he's like a roaring lion And he's walking about with some sort of prosthetics. I don't know how he's propping himself up, but he's looking to devour somebody. But you resist him steadfast in the face. You resist him. Don't give in to him. The power and the authority he has is what you give to him. And the Lord has quickened a thought in my mind this morning. You know, you got the battle between Job and the devil. And Job doesn't even know what's going on. But the devil had to ask permission to attack Job. And for the devil to attack you, he needs to get God's permission. And if he has God's permission, you have God's confidence. Think about that. If the devil has God's permission, you have God's confidence. Because God's like, go ahead, devil. 
I have all the confidence in the world in Job that he's not going to fail the test. Look, I I don't enjoy fights with the devil because, man, he's given me some whoopings. I know he has. But, man, when I get the light bulb coming on and revelation comes, all of a sudden I'm like, you stupid devil. I'm not going to cave into you. Look, if you got God's permission, I got God's confidence. God believes he will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. But with every temptation, he makes a way of a. Someone feel like the devil's on your tail right now? He's defeated. He's defeated. Can you lift your hands? I, I really am just about done. Jesus, I pray victory in this house. Lord, some people came with shoulders slouched over today. Some people came with their feet dragging. And Lord, I know that they have faced the dragon. I know they have faced hell. But Lord, you brought them here. You gave them the grace to be here, to hear the word of the Lord, to let them know they may have came dragging, but they're leaving in a march of victory. I declare the decree right now in Jesus' name. I declare the decree right now in Jesus' name. Who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord is revealed to those who believe the report. I believe the report. I am healed. I believe the report. I am filled. I believe the report. I am free. I believe. I choose to believe. I choose to believe. I choose to believe. I choose to believe. Mm. So resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplishing your brethren that are in the world. You're not the only one getting the fiery darts thrown at you. Know this. Is that scripture over? Can you see it clearly? It says, your brethren in the world, they have the same afflictions in them. But here's what's going on, is the God of all grace has called you to his eternal glory. You got the grace to get to heaven. And after that, you suffer a while. He's going to perfect you. He's going to establish you. He's going to strengthen you. And he's going to settle you. I know it's a wave, topsy-turvy, up and down, roller coaster ride. But God is coming. God is coming. And he's going to settle you. Peace. Be still. Peace. Be still. And you're going to be settled. And there's to be beautiful, sweet tranquility and peace that surpasses all your surroundings. Peace that surpasses all your understanding because you're standing on the rock that has crushed the feet of the image that has frightened you. And that image is coming down because the dream is true and its meaning is certain. Don't let the devil walk over you. He's been defeated. Romans 16, 20. As we stand together, the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. Jesus did it, so now you can do it. Jesus did it, so you can do it. Just like I could not be holy, but all of a sudden he who was holy says, be holy for I am holy. I can do it because he has enabled me to do it. That's the power of God's grace. You couldn't kick the habit. You couldn't kick the addiction. You couldn't win. But see, Jesus Christ, his, his heel was bruised on that cross. 
But when he came out of that grave, he crushed the head of that serpent, that big fat mouth, that flood that's coming out. He crushed it. He says, shut up, devil. I got the victory. All power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And the God of peace will bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Someone say shortly. That means very soon. You don't have to wait 10 years to get your breakthrough. You don't have to wait 10 months. You don't even have to wait 10 more minutes. Right now, you can bruise Satan under your feet. You can crush the head of the serpent under your feet. If the Holy Ghost has been talking to you today, I want you to come walk towards this altar. Come on, do what the, the devil, he has to crawl on his belly, but you can walk right now. If you got that blessing, you got that ability, God's calling you to walk to this altar right now. And you get your feet right up smack dab against this altar. And I want you to lift your head. I want you to lift your hands. Victory is about to sweep over you right now. If you've been defeated, if you've been hearing the voice of the enemy be the victor, it's going to change right now. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Because shortly, very soon from now, God, I believe you're going to give me the grace to crush the enemy under my feet. Satan's head will be crushed under my feet. If you believe that, throw your hands up and lift your voice up right now. There's a victory coming right now. Lift your voice. There's a victory sweeping in this house. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I need some ministry right now to pray with authority. If you're a minister in this church, I want you to pray over some people with authority right now. Come on, take authority right now. I need some ministers to help me right now. I want you to pray for people right now. Lay hands on those that are praying and begin to command authority right now. Begin to command victory right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to see a victory today. We are coming against addiction. We are coming against perversion. We are coming against depression. We are coming against anger and wrath. And in the name of Jesus. It will be crushed under your feet today. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. There's victory right now. There's victory right now. There's victory right now. I claim it. I declare the decree in Jesus' name. You are victorious in Jesus' name. You are set free in Jesus' name. You are liberated in Jesus' name. In the name, in the name, in the name.